Yo, check out my DJ skills. Dad, yo, those are mad DJ skills. Hey, UCI Irvine. Bubba Bass, how low can you go? The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. The Heather McCoy Show. And welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. In our middle segment today, I'll be talking to Deadspin's Kevin Draper, who will be talking about the issues surrounding the current collective bargaining agreement between the players and the owners of the NBA. Then rounding out the hour, we'll have uh, another visit to the other side of the Cleveland National Forest with Robert Larson. But first off, we'll start off with our regular contributor, the blogger behind FieldTheSchemes.com, Neil DeMoss. Welcome to the show, Neil. Wow, Kevin Draper sounds way more interesting than me. <laughs> Let's, get <to> him. <laughs> Let's get to him. Okay, so two stories made my eyes bleed this morning. The first is with the San Diego Citizens Stadium Advisory Group, which you say, if you count citizens as only CEOs, it came out with a funding proposal for a new Charger Stadium. The city is kicking in $405 million of free land, $242 million in cash, both from the county and the city of San Diego. And um, with PSL sales most likely going to the city to avoid paying sales tax, and the stadium is most likely going to get a property tax exemption if we go from on past deals, score the proposal, and if you can come up with a more nuanced answer than UT San Diego, that would be appreciated. <laughs> I should say, by the way, first of all, that I could totally be more interesting than Kevin Draper if we could show the rendering of this stadium on the radio because <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out what it looks like. It's like some sort of like futuristic birthday cupcake um, <laughs> with fireworks going off over it. You know, it's just, it, I know we talk about this all the time, but man, the rendering industry is just, you know, right up there with the Hollywood blockbuster industry in terms of making things that are beautiful and meaningless. Yeah, uh, but it's not a real... anyway, yes, but it, it, how to pay for this thing. Yeah. So, the, the, to be fair, the, um, the uh, what's it called, Citizens Stadium Advisory Group, right, which I love that name because entirely made up of, by pretty much corporate CEOs who are appointed by the mayor. <laughs> Citizens <laughs> Advisory Group, um, they laid it out pretty well in terms of who was going to pay what, and it was did not take you know me three hours of pouring through a PDF file trying to figure out you know how the money was going to flow. That said, the upshot is between money that would just come straight out of the city's general fund, money that would just come straight out of the county's general fund, and city land that would get sold, and all the proceeds would get turned over to the Chargers to pay for their stadium. It's about $647 million worth of public subsidies. That's a lot of money. Um, that's even a lot of money as NFL stadiums go. That's more than Atlanta's spending on the Falcon Stadium. Uh, less than, I think, Minnesota's spending on the Viking Stadium, but that's only if you count property tax breaks. So, and this does not include that, right? They haven't spelled out whether the Chargers will be paying property taxes and whether the developers of all this other land would be paying property taxes. If that's something they're getting as well we could be talking something up towards a billion dollars and then you're starting to talk vikings territory so 
it's an incredibly, to put it nicely, it's an incredibly aggressive bid for a team that right now their only other option is to maybe move to a stadium in Carson that nobody has actually confirmed whether it's serious or a bluff. Um, so, you know, um, I guess the question now is whether people in San Diego really think that the Chargers, you know, having the Chargers in San Diego as opposed to Carson is worth six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred million dollars. Um, and I mean, and when I see the people in San Diego, I mean people like the Citizens Committee mean citizens, right? Because it's not like <laughs> people are going to get to vote on this thing. Um, but that's it's it's a lot of money, you know. Um, and I, you know, as much as I'm sure Chargers fans feel like it's important, um, you know, it really is upping the ante. It would be by far the most money that any city in California, I think, has put towards a towards a stadium. Yeah, in, in memory. Yeah, it's yeah, not ever. They're not going to get to vote on this thing because they're going to be using existing taxes. So it's going to be basically crowding out other sources that need funding as well. Yeah, this seems to be the magic of it, right, is that they were trying to figure out how can we do this without a vote. I kind of feel like I should have made that more clear in, uh, in my post this morning. Um, the, the, they've been trying to avoid a tax, dedicated tax increase because if you raise taxes, you have to vote on it, right? So instead they're just like, okay, we'll just take $7 million a year out of the cities and counties' pockets, and they'll just have to figure out some way of paying for that, right? You know, if they, they'll have to cut $7 million a year from something else or whatever, but that's not our problem. Um, then on top of this, apparently the 75 acres of city land um, that the city would sell and then turn over the proceeds to the chargers um, is the amount that they pick because if they sell more than 80 acres, then that has to go before a vote. So they're trying to find, okay, how can we piece together as many things as possible um, to, uh, you know, without triggering the public actually having any kind of say, which is both understandable and sad. Um, and also sort of sad is the fact that this still may not be lucrative enough to satisfy <laughs> the charges owners, right? I mean, you know, they, they're going to have to, it's like a $1.4 billion plan. They're still going to have to put up about half of it. Um, and, you know, as much as it's hard to turn down $650 million in free stuff, is that going to be enough? You know, I mean, we're sort of, it's sort of now the St. Louis scenario, right, where the Rams owners are, uh, are looking at, St. Crunky is looking at, well, I might be getting $450 million from St. Louis, or do I want to take uh, you know, what's behind door number two and try and move to L.A. and build something on my own? This, this, the big question here really that needs to be answered before any cities go around offering anything is, what is L.A. really worth, right? Is L.A. really so viable as a great market, and you can sell all these personal seat licenses and things, that uh, owners are just clamoring to go there, and really cities have to offer anything that they can to uh, try and keep their teams if they want to keep their teams, or is L.A. just an idle threat and they're just using it to extort money from their local cities? Um, because if they are, then it's ridiculous to be spending this kind of money. I mean, it's ridiculous to be spending this kind of money either way if you don't think of a football team as something that's worth $600 million to citizens compared to anything else they could be spending $600 million on. But uh, it's, it's the one big piece, missing piece of information. You know, they're being allowed to use L.A. as a blackmail threat, and we don't even know whether they're holding a gun. Yeah, I would, I would say, it's, is it worth $600 million for 20 or 50 years? Because they're not going to last in that stadium with the current ownership trends. They're not going to stay there for 100 years. I mean, it's going to be a very short-term proposition, no matter what. 
Yeah, I think the, the idea would be that they would agree to a 30-year lease. But as we've seen before, you know, 30-year leases can have out clauses. 30-year leases can mean after 20 years you start planning for the next new stadium and building that. So, it, I mean, you know, this is just a proposal. And there are so many ways in which it can get worse once you start actually negotiating with the Chargers. Oh, definitely. The first question that I would have, just based on the bullet points on the funding sources, is how long do the Chargers have before they start chafing at their $10 million in rent payments? Um. Yeah, that would be a worry, um, right? Because they're they're currently paying nothing, I think, or maybe maybe a very small amount that winds up getting rebated them to them because they have a sweetheart deal. Um, I don't particularly understand why they broke it down as ten million a year in annual rent payments and then three hundred million dollars in cash. Maybe it just sounds better that way. It may work out for the Chargers' books in terms of revenue sharing and things like that. Um, that it makes sense to put one money in money, you know, some money in one pot and some in another. Um, it doesn't really matter. It's just money the Chargers are going to have to are going to have to pay. Um, and again, I you know I feel like it's a question of how much is it worth to them to get a new stadium. Um, potentially, you really could be looking at a lose lose deal here, right? Where the city ends up taking a huge bath. And the Chargers wouldn't actually get that much more revenue anyway, because all the new revenue they would get from the place would have to get turned around and poured right back into paying off their share of the stadium costs. Uh, it 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 doesn't look very promising to me. Um, I'm sure they did a lot of hard work on it, um, but it looks like you know it looks kind of dubious. Um, I'm hopeful that outlets other than UT San Diego will start stretching the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the only news on the St. Louis side of the NFL equation is not really about the NFL at all, ironically enough. The MLS commissioner, Don Garber, checked out the city's plans for an NFL stadium, hinting that if you build one, well, the MLS might come. Um, why does this work for the MLS with the Atlanta Falcons new stadium and the Sounders currently sharing CenturyLink Field with the Seahawks? But LA Times readers got greeted yesterday morning with news that their expansion MLS team wants to build a stadium where the LA Sports Arena currently sits. And oh yeah, they're going to be asking for tax exempt breaks. Yeah, yeah, they're not talking about using the Carson, uh, you know, either of these new NFL stadiums. Are being no, about, and right? I think like, that talks oh, volumes. Um, there's two ways of answering that. One is that MLS and, and Garber have made it clear that the only way, that the only time they want MLS teams playing in NFL stadiums is if they share ownership, right? So if it's actually an NFL team oh. that owns the MLS team, like in Atlanta or in uh, New York, um, which uh, New York's not an NFL team, it's the Yankees, right? Um, that's one way of putting it. Another way of looking at it is that Don Garber wanted to allow um, you know, the, the NYCFC owners to play in Yankee Stadium because he wanted another New York team, and uh, he, uh, he, uh, you know, that was the only place they had to play, and he wanted to allow Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, to have an MLS team, and Arthur Blank wanted to play in his stadium. Yet he didn't want to throw open the doors to, oh, sure, playing in stadiums that aren't soccer-specific is okay. So he came up with this rule, which is if your landlord, the landlord that owns the team, then you're okay. Um, it's completely arbitrary. There is no reason why they can't have, uh, have uh, you know, other teams play in other teams, in, you know, in non-soccer-specific stadiums um, other than Seattle and New England and Atlanta and New York. 
Um, but that's the rule that he's set, and until somebody challenges on it, he's going to stick by it. Wow. Um, but I, I absolutely agree with you that, you know, um, it's something that uh, that should be considered, especially if you're already building an NFL stadium. You know, I mean, there's no reason not to try and build something that can be used for both. Yeah, exactly. Um, on to the second story that made my eyes bleed this week. The San Jose Sharks look to be getting nearly $100 million in concessions on their lease with their arena that is currently standing. The Sharks will be playing, paying no rent starting in 2018. That sounds nice. While the city is paying off the bond obligations uh, from the uh, building the arena in the first place. Do we have any tea leaves about how the city council will vote? I'm guessing presumably tonight. Yeah, it's supposed to be today or tonight. Um, I, yeah, I don't honestly know. It seemed like it was sort of sailing through um, until uh, actually somebody from uh, one of the, the citizen groups up in San Jose um, emailed me over the weekend to say, this is really bad. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it really does point up the degree to which you have to focus on the lease deals, you know, and not just on the construction deals. You know, it's, at the first it sounded, oh, great, isn't that nice? The Sharks, you know, uh, even though they would love a new arena to replace the one that's, what is it, like 20 years old now? Yeah. Um, they, uh, they're willing to do a lease extension. That's just very kind of them. And until you start reading the fine print and seeing things like they've agreed to a lease extension where they stop paying rent, um, it's no, it looks like a terrible deal for San Jose. You know, if you're going to do that, at least get an ironclad commitment to, okay, we're going to cut you a lease break, um, you know, rent break, but we want you to commit to staying for another 30 years so we don't have to build a new arena. Instead, this is. How about we let you not pay rent, and then at the same time we we talk to you about a new arena. Which is, you know, that's that's just absolutely terrible negotiating. But uh, once again, it's par for the course that we've seen from cities that that nobody there knows how to actually sit down and do do some. You know, it doesn't have to be particularly hardball. Just say, okay, we're going to give you something. You give us something. That's what this is, you know, negotiation process is about. Instead, it's how about we give you this, and then later we give you something else. Yeah. Um, so you t- so if any radio- I want to play Monopoly with those people, man. How about you give me all your railroads, and then next time you pass go, you give me that money too. Yeah, I, I want Broadway. Or I haven't played Monopoly in a very long time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Broadway. The that really- Boardwalk. Boardwalk. That's it. Um, <laughs> so you so if anybody out in Radio Land is tempted to buy naming rights for a new stadium, uh, New York Magazine has an article that says that. Basically, buying naming rights does nothing for your business, and that, quote, it's a fun project to get involved with. Um, but they do have one uh, tangible benefit. They get you and I to say their corporate names on a nonprofit college show. Um, I'm sure they love that association. I have fortunately forgotten most of the corporate names for stadiums, so I tend to just call them, you know, the A's Stadium, the Cowboys Stadium, or, or or either that or I just get them wrong and you know call it something. <laughs> I still call the Giants Pac Bell Park, even though I think it's changed names three times since then. I don't even know um, what it is now. So, so yeah, no, I mean it, it, we've seen these stories before, right? I mean the the New York Magazine story really was broader than that. It pretty much said advertising doesn't work. Oh wow. <laughs> um, or, or at least, you know, just sort of uh, name recognition advertising, right? You know, when you just slap your name on something and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, hope that 
by virtue of getting your name out there, everyone will then go and buy your product. There's no evidence of that. <laughs> and, you know, in the naming rights field, it's the exact same thing. You know, you pay a lot of money to put your name on a stadium, and it gets on TV and everything like that. And, yeah, there's a chance that people will then say, um, hey, I've never heard of that company. They must be important. They own a stadium name. Um, but it doesn't seem to have worked out in the past, you know. Um, I mean, the first time I heard of uh, the University of Phoenix, right, which is one of those online for-profit universities, um, was when they bought the naming rights to the Arizona Cardinal Stadium. Mm-hmm. And it certainly did make me think, wow, you know, I've never heard of these people. They must be important. And it turns out they're important for their terrible business practices because, you know, they're <laughs> going in the tank this year and, you know, losing money hand over fist. Um, and, you know, don't graduate anybody. You know, it's, it's, it's publicity. Not all publicity turns out to be good publicity. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's kind of a weird situation, right? Because on the one hand, I, it's a stupid way for for companies to spend money, and I don't. And the, you know, money eventually gets wound up passed along to uh, to consumers because if you know, all the different airlines each buy naming rights, and they just pass it along by you know raising airfares over you know across the board. Um, at the same time, though, it you know at least it's somebody else's stupidity. You know, it's not uh, like the official stupidity spending tax money directly. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't know whether to be to be appalled by it or not. I think I'll just sort of shake my head sadly. <laughs> yeah. sort of my default response to most things these days. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Neil Moss from FieldofSchemes.com has been our guest for the first segment, like he is every single show. Thanks for being on the show next week. I might have federal jury duty next week, so I'll talk to you in two weeks or maybe a week. I'll let you know on that one. Sounds good. Me and I'm going to go listen about uh, basketball CBA. Oh, definitely. Um, thanks. And uh, so you're listening to The Heather McCoy Show.